0: Up. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode forty-six of the Freshman Parking Lot Podcast. We got the Jersey, the Andy Pettit episode. Ooh. Astros or Yankees? Yankees. Okay. Because he is the only number forty-six retired in Major League Baseball. Okay. okay. Interesting. Yep.
1: Do we think he was a cheater with the HGH stuff? Well, well he, yeah, he admitted. Okay. He All right. Yeah. Do we put him in the same category as the other the other looks we'll medicinal cheaters? What do you mean by medicinal
0: cheaters? Right? Oh, well, I it mean, it doesn't matter. He's not a
2: Hall of Famer, even with. Them. I agree.
0: Well, I think it's, oh, man, that's a great point. I was gonna say I think it matters, but maybe not as much. Okay, it doesn't matter. There, there's no it doesn't. We don't really need to talk
2: about sure. it because he's not going anywhere. So it no, if he was clean no steroids. No rational person would make the argument for him in the Hall of Fame.
1: Sure. Okay, but they
0: voted Harold Baines into the Hall of Fame. Well, I said oh, on a veterans committee.
2: Yeah. Because Harold Baines is a really nice guy.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> it's a lot of really nice guys. I'm not one of them, but <laughs> shit. Um, before we go too much further, we've got a new voice. Uh Brian Bosch, by the way, Justin Fry. We're missing Brad Geffert, but we filled his chair. We thought he was going to be here. He's Busy being an administrator. Just working. Those, um, are, those administrators. Those administrators. <laughs> says our good friend Tom Kulcheski, former administrator. Yes. <laughs> and owner, operator, extraordinaire of Real Sports Cards. Real sports cards. Um, Tom quit his quote unquote real job and started a business called Real Sports Cards, where tell us what you do. Yeah, so um you the history. I'll
2: give you a brief history. So I used to live... Brad's calling. <laughs> go give the history. You- I'm going go yeah, to go talk to Brad. Give the history. All right. So 2016, I was living and working in Fort Atkinson. I was the uh, director of Billings Grounds for the school district of Fort Atkinson. 2016, my um, wife was pregnant with our fourth child. And um, we found out he had some medical needs, particularly needed he some heart surgery. And we um, most likely have Down syndrome. So we knew when he was born that she would have to take off of work, right? We also knew if she wasn't working, I didn't make enough money to pay for everything. So I said, well, how could I make money? And I couldn't have like a structured job with time frames because I had obligations to school district job. So I'm like, well, what do, I, what do I know about, right? So I started, I actually taught college classes starting in uh, January 2017. But in the fall of 2016, I started selling baseball cards online, doing online group breaks. Um, so I did a couple you know, a couple of week at night, and uh, they're fun. And I found out, like, oh, you can make a little bit of money doing this. So I did that all of 2017.
0: And then fall of 2017, my- oh, Tom, when I was out, did you explain what a break is? No. Not yet.
1: Take a
2: look. An online group, it's, that's a whole nother episode. So an online group break essentially is taking a case of sports cards and then you buying a share as in your team. So then you open it up and you get all of your team. So it's a, okay. it's a way to collect, a very popular way to collect, thankfully. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I started doing that. And then, um, so 2017, my wife went back to work in the fall, but then we found out with our son, we have a lot of needs. And um, so it, it, you know, it got to a point, it's like, all right, what, what are we gonna do with life, right? And then uh, 2018, I kind of did the math. I'm like, you know what? If I did not go to work, I think I could make more money staying home and selling baseball cards. So, so I quit my job, and uh, I quit my job at the end of the school year, 2018. That summer, we we put our house for sale in Fort Allen. It's only like half mile from here. Yep, nice house, really nice house. Um, I wish we sold it now; I'd probably get a lot more money. <laughs> so what do you do? So we put our house for sale. We have four kids, two dogs, and an online business. We moved into a three-bedroom apartment in Lamyra, Wisconsin, oh, really to my wife's hometown. So we sold our house in the fall. And so we still had a house here in Fort Atkinson. So we're like trying to make it all balanced. I think it closed in like December time of 2018. So then in 2019, in like February, we started building our house in the big metropolis of Brownsville, Wisconsin. 500 people. It's all right. It's all right. Um, and then uh, the sports car business. So I, we built our house for the basement. The idea was to house this business for five to 10 years. Right. So 2019 by, you know, we moved in in May by, you know, October, I'm like this basement is not big enough. So we're like, what wow. are we, what are we going to do? Like, what are we going to do? So we started looking for, you know, are we going to rent a storefront? Or are we going to just rent a warehouse to do this in? Um, and then COVID hit, mm. right? So I thought baseball cards were going to plummet. I was going to have to go back and actually find a job. I'm like, what am I going to do? So I just, I worked. Everyone talks about how they enjoyed COVID and all its family time. I worked all the time. So we had people sorting and shipping. So they couldn't come in our house. And I thought the market was going to bottom out. Well, turns out the market went crazy. Went the other way. Yeah. It was accelerating, but it went, boom, shot up. And it's come down a little bit, and it needs to come down. We could get into that more. but um, So it's just nuts. And so then in the summer of 2020, I started having a couple employees social distancing in our house. So I'm like, this is ridiculous. we got to find a place. So I bought a building in Waupun, Wisconsin. It's like 15 minutes from my house. It's a 130-year-old building. It's, three, it's two floors and a full basement. I each floor is 3,000 square feet. Oh. Um, so we read the upstairs is basically garbage. Like literally bags of garbage, old toilets. <laughs> it was horrible, leaky roof. Um, so we completely gutted the upstairs. and didn't even yeah. have electrical. And then we have been remodeling it. We hired um, Moss Brothers out of Watertown. Okay. They're the general force. And that's actually like the remodel is done like this week. It's amazing. It is so awesome. So we're a host for like um, there's a downtown community event Friday. We're going to use that as an open house. Everyone asks, like, when's the shop open? <laughs> Not now. <laughs> um, we still got, we, now you have a building, but now you got to, like, move into it. That's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Um, so I, TBD on the shop. So we own the whole building. The first floor, we're going we're gonna to create a small shop there. But then the idea is I, I've been to, uh, I was going to say hundreds, but that's an exaggeration. I've been to dozens and dozens of card shops. And I always feel like if I could just like sit down and hang out and rip some cards and enjoy the hobby, it'd be so much better. You go to card shops and it's just junk everywhere. So I built, I try to build like my card shop I've always wanted. So when you come to Real Sports Cards, Wisconsin, when it is open, <laughs> downstairs they'll be, you know, they'll have all the we'll have all the products. We have it now we sell them all online. So any new basketball, football, hockey, um, soccer. Baseball, obviously, Pokemon. We're debating on doing magic or not. Probably not. Um, So any of those from the last couple of years we'll have, um, which no other card shop in in the state, but not many in the country, will have the variety we have.
0: How many brick and mortar
2: shops are there in the state?
0: Um,
2: There's three in Milwaukee. One of them Milwaukee actually has uh, two other locations, one in Racine, the other in Hartford. Um... I think there's one in Eau Claire that I'm aware of. There's a small one northeast of Green Bay. There's another one in Green Bay, but it's kind of a cards, cards and coin. But um, yeah, that's probably- so, so not a ton. No. Not like a, when we were kids. No, and there's, there's reasons why. One is it's, it's hard to get product. It's really, really hard to get product. Um, and yeah, and so when, in the 90s, a lot of them dried up. And not many have like spurred back. And so, so, so part of it is like, you know, having our online, but creating a community and creating people a place to come. And, you know, it's very nichey. And I appreciate that. But um, yeah, so the whole idea is we're trying, we, we are, we're like, people are driving an hour, hour and a half, two hours to come. Online. Really, we're not even open. Wow. Because they know that we'll have the product. So, yeah, sure. We have another shop in Champlin, Minnesota. It's like northeast of Minneapolis. Yep. That opened in Labor Day weekend last year. It's my business partner Ryan. Um, and his shop is gangway. It's packed every day. So, oh, really. I, when he built it, it was like 3,000 square feet. And I said, it's not big enough. And um it's, and it's not big it's, enough it, i mean i've been there a couple times it's packed you see video? it's packed and the amount of sorting and shipping that we do it, it's unreal
0: so like, here's here's my question because i grew up in the twin cities I, like champlain park was in there were a school in our conference yeah I, I get that being a suburb do you expect that kind of foot traffic in yours and no i don't no? think so i don't okay. think so but um
2: but you know when you talk to them most people that come to the shop are driving half hour 45 minutes Anyway, there's really no competitor in madison there's none in fond du lac there's i guess in appleton there's some smaller car shops have nothing what we have none in oshkosh so there is so we'll get the destination Um, i don't think we'll do that that in-store volume but he going into it he didn't think he'd do the volume he would anyway so i'm i'm already shocked on what what we've sold i would say an average week, like we're not open yet. We're not open. Yep. It's people coming and I have a little credit card thing or paying with cash or PayPal. Um, a normal week, just people walking by and we have no sign, no nothing. We probably sell an average of like ten dollars to $15,000. Holy people cow. In person. Wow. In person.
0: And you're not open. We're not open. That's and incredible. not doing any marketing really as far as the retail no. space. No, I put it on Google.
2: We're on Google. <laughs> sure.
1: What's the, um, what, what's the big seller right now? Is it basketball? Is it football? Is it baseball? Is it tradi- non traditional? All, all three of those are crazy. Okay. I mean, and the
2: biggest, here's a big mistake, with people, we move with the market. So, like, I, I spend all day reading about baseball cards, everything about the hobby. Like, that's my, it's really my life, besides my family, and they're great too. <laughs> oh, they're, awesome. they're as awesome. As far as people go. <laughs> but- you know, outside of that um so you know so baseball you know all sports cards went down a little bit in like June but now they're starting to pick up so you watch like the single sale and that kind of drives that drives the wax price so um but football you know with this rookie class it's incredible I mean the all the quarterback quarterbacks drop quarterback rookies drive football price. is there anybody sure. close to Trevor Lawrence or are they all kind of bunched together
0: they're all kind of bunch together. Really, the reason is Trevor Lawrence plays for the Jaguars. Yeah. So one of the things. Hold on, hold on. We gotta, we gotta just quick jump in on the jigs. I, I sent you a little article today. Mm-hmm. Did you read it? Mm-hmm. um Who could have seen it coming? That they cut <laughs> Never would have got. Oh wait, that's right. I saw it coming. Fry guy the only one. <laughs> owes
1: me some money. I yeah, think. Was, I, I was actually. You thought he was gonna make the. I said I like, wouldn't be shot and, and play if his coach keeps him around. He can't block. He was a terrible blocker in that preseason game. Yeah, he, that's why it's horrible. So he's horrible. He he's he's going to be harder. back on the college game day show soon enough. The lookout block.
0: <laughs> yeah, lookout. <what? laughs> exactly. All right, I'm sorry. So,
2: but one of the things is, you know, people argue. Well, he's going to be better. I said, I I'm focused on the hobby, right? Yeah. So just because a guy is good. Doesn't mean his cards are worth a lot. Sure. You know, and so there's different. If Tim Tebow was the rookie QB of the Cleveland Browns, it'd be worth, or I'm not, no. If Trevor Lawrence was a rookie QB of the Cleveland Browns, his
0: stuff would be worth four times what it is, though. Okay. Because they're hot right now. Because Cleveland Browns, like people collect the Browns. Oh, so it's because of the fan base being a yeah, rabbit. Sure, target. and they got a good team. Know, like, so the Jigs can't get people into the state. Have you ever met someone that's a
2: legitimate Jacksonville Jaguars
0: No, I think like one of my great aunts who lives in Jacksonville, but that's like, you know, when she was 60, they got an expansion team and all of a sudden she. Did yeah, right. yeah, which is great, but I, I never have. And I don't no. like do right. So
2: and that's a big deal. So in the hobby, like, he's still at highest, right? But then Fields
0: being a Bears. Sure, huge. Um, well, by the way, Tom is a Bears fan. I'm a huge Bears fan, Um, and and actually, huge. He's a pretty tall guy, too. Yes. (laughs) Um,
2: you know what, like Jordan Love stuff's outrageous, really. Right right now, Packer band, they're all over the world, sure. You know, um, you know, like last year, CD Lamb for the Cowboys. Mm See, so you kind of look at that, you look at, um, you know, position guys play, you know, no one. You get a running back that oh You get a tight end. Oh, here the um he's a kid for uh, the Falcons. Um oh shoot.
0: As soon as you say the tight end from
2: uh, Florida, but like his stuff's selling pretty good. It's actually really good for a tight end. I'm actually shocked on how well his stuff but is the doing. fact that he's a tight end, a tight end is I, gonna I, hold him back. Oh yeah, value, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So um, but you know, but football is weird, you know. If he is a fantasy stud, which mm-hmm. I think he could be, but as a
0: tight end, you're gonna get a lot of points on that he'll be even more collectible. So it's, it's interesting you say that because we were inside before we started recording, talking about some cards that my son found of mine. And there was a Michael Jordan baseball card. Yeah. And you said, Hey, that went up last summer. It went up a lot. And I said, why? Because of the last dance. Mm-hmm. And you are like, yes, exactly. So like crazy things that people not in the hobby or industry oh, yeah. wouldn't think about cause those things to happen. 100. 10%. Yeah. It's,
2: um, I mean, like Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow has Bowman Chrome base cards when he was with the Mets. <laughs> like they like when you get them in a pack, you you put them in a sleeve and a top loader. They're worth somebody, money. Huh? Five, ten bucks everyone. Wow. <laughs> so it, so it's not it, you know, but it goes the opposite way. Like um, I think Anthony Rendon's is a great player. Yep. Yeah. Not maybe not Hall of Fame, but really good player. His cards are no value. You know, but um And there's a couple of reasons why Washington Nationals doesn't help them. Um, But yeah, so it's, there's so many different, you know, that, so my, my problem is when I look at cards, when I watch sports, all I constantly think of is market value of players. When I see a player in um, baseball and they have like cool jerseys with a bunch of patches on it, I'm like, Oh, I think, Oh, those would be pretty sweet relics in baseball cards. Sure.
0: (laughs) And when you say relic, those are the ones they cut up and put in the card. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, Yeah. So,
2: but yeah, the hobby has been crazy.
0: You know, the, um, the
2: national sports collector convention was the end of July and we had three booths there and they have a breaking pavilion is the biggest one they've ever had. And we were, we were live streaming at our booth the entire time, three people opening cards.
0: Wow. It was awesome. How many people are watching at a time?
2: I mean, so we'll get so like Friday on a new release live people watching on our Facebook Live. We could have I would say like two to three hundred watching live, but then we look at the metrics the next day and we'll have like thousands watch it. A lot of people will that'll go back to, and watch
0: it, yeah. Okay,
2: yeah, or they'll watch the end to see what the big cards were pulled. Um, but yeah, but that's especially on a brand new product. So Tops Chrome releases Friday, so people want to check it out, and I think it's a great way to collect to watch it. You know a hobby box is going to cost like 250 dollars, maybe a little bit more maybe i'm low on that um i think i am low on that. but um yeah so instead of like hey instead of before i go buy that from real sports cards um, i want to watch a couple of them and see what see what they're like so, yeah we'll get a lot
1: of that so it's pretty fun in the world of baseball is tops the only manufacturer to date you know, if, yeah. if you go back into history, they all got out, tops hung around. Are they still the only player?
2: No, unfortunately. No, fortunately and unfortunately. So they're the only ones with a major league baseball license. So they're okay. the only manufacturer that can put a even say the word Dodgers or put it gotcha. like that. So but they have other brands. So Bowman is a top brand. Mm-hmm. And Bowman has come up and there's um, five different Bowman releases. Oh, well, <clears> actually, there's like more. There used to be only five, and now they're making little off brands of Bowman. Um, but Bowman is like prospect guys. That's kind of their, their niche, their brand for tops. Um, the other one is Panini. So Panini is an Italian company but their U S operations based out of Texas, by the way, off product, did you know, all baseball and upper deck and hockey, they're all printed at the same manufacturing place in Texas. Really? Just one in the yeah. entire country. Yeah, they do all really. So they're starting tops told us They're starting to expand because the production line. So they had a product this year for the first time made in Mexico. The product was uh, gypsy queen and it looked great. But the funny thing is that the packs are super hard to open. So like, I hate it. <laughs> but um but anyway, so Panini then has um they have Don Russ is one of their brands. Um gosh, I mean they have all kinds of tons of different baseball brands. Um so it's unlicensed and the fact that it doesn't have a major, you can't have a major logo on it. Right. Including on the uniform? Mm-hmm. On the uniform. So, they so, take so all that off? but you'll look at a lot of theirs will be a guy swinging you he'll have his back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so, yeah. yeah, you wouldn't notice it. Yep. But um, some, you know, it, there is the, that devalues it compared to tops. It does, but there's still a huge market. Okay, that's gonna be my question. Are there people that want this? Yeah, absolutely. We are selling um, Panini Prism boxes, 12 hack boxes, they sell for like $225, you know, in so Panini then on that same token has an exclusive license for basketball and football. So Tops only makes baseball, but they also are getting into, um, Dude, garbage pail kids they have some um, those are still around oh yeah, they, i
1: read an article that those are coming back you <laughs> coming garbage back at a gunfire fire like 96 18- garbage pail
2: chrome cards
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my goodness
2: <laughs> yeah yeah was a case
1: of those cards i going to buy a, a box, box of that i would sell boxes
2: for like a couple hundred dollars really yeah, they're oh my chrome. goodness why not yeah so um yeah so paninis a great company and they yeah they do some awesome basketball i mean Basketball cards is nuts, mm-hmm. so why international market? Okay, so people say <laughs> like the the TV ratings are so low in the US and basketball, I'm like yeah, international though, they destroy
0: everything. So, um, and, are, I guess makes sense probably where like Shohei Otani stuff is so big, international market, yeah. or is it not big? It's huge, okay, imagine, yeah, Christ. you know, Sho-
2: Shohei's. It's all well, what he's doing, he's ridiculous, it, it, it's gonna be a big yes. it's such a joy to watch. Yeah, I don't even think it's, like, and I follow a lot of sports groups, and it's always right now. It's like who's going to get all the awards? They don't even ask who's going to get America. It's not even yeah, a question, right. Like all the others, you got know, good, healthy debates. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, international market and people, even or not, like to pay a lot of money for basketball cards. Like it, you're not wearing a helmet, so you see yes. their face. Yeah, there's only you know on a on an NBA team, there's only six or seven guys that play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, yeah, very popular. And Panini's done a really nice job expanding the market on that. But, you know, I did a break last night um, and it was basically we took six different basketball products and we broke it down price per team. But I mean, there is um, a Prism Hobby Box that sells for like $1,100 in there, a Select Panini that sells for $1,000. Then there are some other ones like three or $400. But you took the whole value of those six boxes was like four grand. Um and people love it, but here's the crazy part: all the cars we pulled out of there yeah. they were worth a lot more than four. That's what yeah, sure. gonna yeah. And it sure. wasn't like one card was worth two thousand. There was a lot of four or five hundred dollars cards. There. Really, yeah. Um, but even like LeBron James stuff sells so insanely good. Still, yeah. oh, <laughs> Luka Doncic stuff sells so crazy. I, people always say like, oh, I hate LeBron James. Yeah, but you know what? There's a lot of people like that. <laughs> there, there is. There, there is. is. Sure. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, the, the basketball market. It's pretty amazing. I mean, the football market right now with the quarterbacks is just—it's on unreal. unreal, unreal. And then, so here's the thing—we we didn't talk about this earlier, but I, I've been thinking a lot about when we talk about the Honus Wagner. So the yeah. Honus Wagner, uh, it was graded by SGC, and we'll get into that. I actually think that's the most important part of this conversation. In my world is who graded it, who graded it. not. I mean, the fact that it sold highest ever, six point six million dollars—it's awesome. That's cool. I think the SGC. So. Grading of a sports card is, I, I actually meant to bring so I should have. So, if you have a sports card and and you want to sell it, right? And great, you know, let's talk about automobiles, right? So, if you want to trade in your automobile, they rank it. Is it in great condition? Yeah. I traded in a minivan. It was like the lowest condition. I could get, right? <laughs> like, whatever. So, it's the same thing with sports cards. So, you take a card and they look at four things they look at surface, front and back, scratches, bends, things like that, the edges, if there's any anything wrong with the edges, the corners, and then the centering of the card. So you could say, hey, it's right in the pack. It's perfect. That doesn't mean anything. It's still going to be printed off center.
0: That's always got me right. because, like, to me, the grading should have something to do with how I took care of the card. And it can be perfect in all those things. And the factory screwed <laughs> up before I ever even opened right. it.
2: That's the way it goes. I guess that's, oh, the way it goes. that's the way it goes. But so then they put it in a – a hard case, and then they can rank it like a one to 10 scale, right? It, now, the leader, undisputed leader in grading is PSA. They're out right? of California, right? When I, before I got into breaks, I, when I lived in four, I used to go to card shows and I would buy raw cards, so ungraded cards. And then I would look and try to say, okay, I, I, would, I would like focus on a set. I saw your son this earlier. So it's 61 tops. The one time I said, a show in Madison. And I saw um, who's the manager of the Yankees? They always got fired. Um, Near the road Billy, Martin. Billy Martin, Billy Martin, Billy Martin, 61 tops, right? I saw it raw as like a $5 card, which about right, right? I thought it would grade seven, maybe an eight. It's in pretty good condition. I knew at a seven, I could sell it for 30 bucks. I knew at an eight, I'd probably sell it for 50 or 60. Like, sweet. So at the time, to get card grade was under $10, right? So I probably have $11, $12 into this card, grade at nine. Put it on eBay sold it for twelve hundred dollars. Wow! So the difference
1: between an
0: eight and a nine is over a thousand dollars
2: because sixty-one tops is so off. they so hard to get in good condition, even not a star card, but a you know a desirable card. I had people. I put it on eBay for two thousand dollars, best offer, and just let the offers. And I had so many offers of five or six hundred dollars, <laughs> <laughs> and they would say, "Oh, I'm working on the set because well, people collectors are yeah. crazy, and I'm a collector, so I can say this is." There's people that want that set and all PSA nine or higher. Oh. And so you look at, it, so you can look up that card and see how many have been graded at that. And, it had a, and so it's called the pop report, population report, had a low pop report and I'm like, let's go, baby. So <laughs> another similar example is 83 tops Ryan Sanders Okay. So rookie card, Ryan Sandberg, pre-pandemic, it was a $300 card all day long. At what grade? And not, at a 10. Okay. A nine, 15 dollars.
0: Jeez, wow, that's now, such a difference.
2: Now it's gone down it's a little bit, but like last fall, a 10 was selling for like two grand. Because, you know, so that what, so what really drove the craziness during COVID, I, the, the modern new cards went up too, but those graded in 10 cards when we were childhood, yeah. the key card went nuts, but absolutely <laughs> crazy. So I have one, but it, it was a, I love Ryan Samuel, that's my guy. So I wouldn't sell it anyway but and there's a gift my wife gave me years ago for my birthday it's like probably the best gift i've ever had so um but yeah so grading is huge so okay going back to the honus wagner right so it was not great at psa that was a shocker part right so psa is graded quite a bit of Honus Wagner. there's a there's a couple books actually one of the first honus wagner graded psa and they knew it was trimmed like I cars. read that in an oh, article. Yeah. So they,
0: they did the, they they it. trim it to clean up the corners yeah, of and the course. edges because back then
2: the cars they were all different sizes. So one well, can be a little shorter. Man. but now they're the exact size. So that's a huge controversy in itself in the hobby. That PSA should yeah. they should never
0: grade a trim car. And and controversy I would say just that's just it's it's criminal if you're trying to make money. Yeah, hobby. you're yeah. But I mean, but it, it's but borderline but, counterfeiting. Yeah, I would say that's kind of so. Um, so
2: you yeah, know, trimming bad in the hog. There's sure. a lot of things, a lot of things are bad, in the hobby, but trimming's one of them. So it was not PSA, which was shocking. So then, okay, so PSA is a leader. Here's the thing you want to send a card into PSA right now, there's only one option $250 per car. What and they're shut down, they won't take anymore. They're so far backed up. I have friends. That have cards in PSA. Wait, that PSA has had them for over a year. Wow. They're so backed up.
0: It kind and of defeats that, the purpose of having the
2: card. card. Yeah. It's correct. So it's tied up tons of money in cards. So okay. So now anytime someone and, and PSA also sold for this, for you know, PSA used to be a publicly traded company for years. as was a $15 to $20 stock. I think it sold in December and it cashed out of like $60 some dollars a stock. <laughs> so a lot of people made a lot of money. So, Nat Turner is a young guy, um, young, he's like, in, I think he's in his 30s. He bought PSA, Smaller Investments. So, he also bought an auction company called Golden Auction. Um, but that's a whole nother story. So, Nat bought PSA. Now they're trying to play catch up. So, basically, they stop submission, but you got to have something open. So, at the National Collector Convention we were at, you we say 250 Who would pay $250? Every day there's a huge line of people waiting in line to have PSA grade their car for $250 because Let's say you have a $500 card, the grade's a 10. Now that card's worth like 10 grand. Yeah, That's a great right? $250. Yeah, sentence. absolutely. So, so PSA is the leader. I don't think anyone rational in the hobby can dispute that. But now it's the next thing is who's next. So Beckett grading service for a long time would have been. I think Beckett's falling. Really? Yeah. They're, they're back. I have a lot of cards. I have over I have a couple hundred cards sitting in Beckett. I have no idea when I'll get them back
1: hold
0: on are my beckett magazines from back in the day worth anything no because everyone kept them because oh, right. they Moj were Jackson. so cool well, is the Moj Moj ones. because,
1: because is. as a kid you're like ah oh, there's that one with cal ripkin and i'm keeping that well, under the bed And they were such a high quality, quality. Yeah, they're a uh, nice glossy stock. magazine yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah the heavy paper oh, they're yeah, been fun
2: to go look back and i look at
1: absolutely
2: I, um, we found one the other day we looked at a jordan rookie card was selling for like the Price was $800 and rising. I'm like, I'd pay 20 grand for that card now. Really? What is it? A Jordan Rookie? Yeah, yeah. A PSA 10 sells for, I don't know, like $40,000, $60,000. Oh <laughs> that card fluctuates like crazy. It was after the last dance last year, it was
1: crazy high. What are the numbers of like PSA 10 Jordan Rookie cards out
2: there? What's the pop? The
1: pop. The pop. Oh, Pop Report. Pop Report. I right.
2: Oh, We could look it up. Give
1: I. Because that has to in part drive the price as well, 100%. right? Yeah. I and mean, if there's three of them, versus- I don't know.
2: I would guess a couple hundred. couple hundred. Yeah. That, that set is so off center. Um, oh, yeah.
0: How many of those are still left unopened, do you think? Oh, I don't know. That's a great question.
2: Yeah. The leader in unopened wax is a company at Indiana called Baseball Card Exchange. Like, so if you want to buy, let's say you want to go nuts and you yep. want to spend, all your money on one box of that, you'd be foolish to buy from anyone else The Baseball Card Exchange, or if you bought from anyone else, it would have to be shrink wrapped and then the uh, seal on the bottom from Baseball Card Exchange. It's such a niche that they've made from, so they're very nice people and they do a great job of it, but it's funny, other people have tried that, but they, they crush everyone. Hmm. So, but going back to our grading company, so that 6.6 million was an SGC. I like SGC. SGC has been around for like 20 years, And they're real strong in vintage, but now they're coming to the modern card market. So I text on the day of the sale when, what day was it that it came out? Sunday or Monday Monday or Tuesday? I think I saw it. Well, today's today's Tuesday. Tuesday. So, yes, Sunday or Monday. Yeah. So, yeah. So yesterday I text my rep at SGC, and I think my text was something like 6.6 million reasons to love SGC. (laughs) And he called me after that. We had a nice conversation, and he's like, and I said, this is a big deal for your company. He goes, Oh yeah, it is. It's a huge deal that the person that owned that card trusted SGC and put it in there. SGC is rebranded to have a, a different holder and it's in their newest holder. Oh. And so to see that plaster everywhere and it's pretty cool, it has the black border and they refer to it as put it in a tuxedo, all oh, right? Nice. It's all their cards that are in a tuxedo. So, um, but to, that gives validity, more validity. SGC always had validity, it gives them more. So there's two other companies that um, so obviously Beckett and then um, CSG, there I think I got that right. They're the leader in grading of comic books. Okay. So they're out of Florida and they're very strong. Um, and they're very strong in the card market too. Um, so those so those four companies. Now after that, there's like 50 companies that grade cards, and <laughs> in my little opinion, I wouldn't touch it. Mm-hmm. Like and so back in the '80s, the same thing happened when the card boom. All these people started these like, you know, had their own grain companies. So, uh, but the, but that you know, the 6.6 million is great, but the fact that SEC is the most interesting part, in my point. Um, but one other quick thing you say, like the, you know, and I don't I don't know who the owner of that, who the buyer is of that mm-hmm. card. But one thing very, and it's been popular in art collection for years and years is to buy shares of something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's big in the card world now. Yep. So you could buy, um, let's say there's a million dollar card and that app is called, I think it's called Collectible. Um, and then they'll sell shares, shares maybe for $10,000.
0: Sure. And granted, it wasn't shares. It was probably, I think, just two or three people, but Gretzky was a part owner of yeah. that card. At yeah. One time. Yeah, of a, of a different. Oh, it was not that one? one. It wasn't that one. Not okay. I'm aware of. Is this the now graded what a three? Is this the highest graded one? No, PSA's had a higher grade so, on
2: on this card. Yeah, I think they have had like a four or five. Okay, so that that's the question, All right. right? So now if we put a PSA five in market, yeah, what's it going to get? Yeah, who's it going? Why is it going? And then you know the company that sold it, um, Robert Edwards Auctions, is very reputable. I looked at when so at the national they had they had this card in a glass case. So them. you've seen it. Yeah, I was like. I, they have an armed security guard. Like, watch it. I mean, oh, weird show for sure. yeah. $6 million. Yeah. But they had other stuff. They had a Ryan Sammer eighty-seven 7 game-used jersey. Because they, they used to wear the same jersey all year. It's this road jersey. Sure. And I think it, I they expected it to start bidding at $20,000. And I was like, oh, maybe a little second mortgage on that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's funny you say that the game-used jersey, because they actually <clears> – <throat> So that was Brad that called when I stepped out. Yeah. He said he misses and loves you, and he's sorry. Yeah. Um, but he just told me that uh, a guy he knows has, who was a minor league baseball player and I believe played in the Phillies organization, this, would, this part would make sense, it had been sitting on a Mike Schmidt game-used first baseman's glove. Ooh. Apparently he played first base for a year. Um, okay. He'd had it in his basement for a while. And I um, he said, Hey, if anybody would have offered me 500 bucks, I would have sold it in a heartbeat and thought I stole money from him. It went for like, I, I did not get an exact number, but I'm going <clears> to <throat> say between four and eight grand. Sure. I would have thought he, he had to get it authenticated. Um, but I, I just think that some of that stuff is crazy. Like if I spent 6.6 million on a card. Am I even going to display that card? Because do I even want that card in the light? No, I just can't imagine spending that amount of money. You know why you do? So you're hanging out with your buddies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. well, that guy's got different buddies than I do. My guess is, and and I know people
2: that spend exorbitant amount of money. And the card's cool, but it's kind of like, yeah, I have it. Yeah. If you're a card collector, I mean, it's called the Holy Grail card. Yeah, for sure. So if you're a multi-million, I mean, you got to be crazy-minded
0: to spend $6 million
2: on a card. Yep. Um, but yeah, that puts you in a whole different class. Yeah. It puts you in a whole different class.
0: So you do a lot of opening and and a, and a ton of selling, but you've said a couple times tonight you're a collector. Yeah. What, is, what is the stuff that you keep or that is special to you? Sure. So
2: huge Ryan Sandberg fan. I have a pretty big Ryan Samer collection. I also have, you guys will laugh on both of these. I have a really big Yasiel Puig rookie card collection.
1: <laughs> That's okay. And, and,
2: and a Jay Cutler autograph. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so, um, but I collect Bears cards. I like Eddie Jackson. He went back to the Bears I collect all of his stuff. Um, we have a lot of Rizzo. When I say we, I am finding a lot of cards I collect are now my son's possession so i'm not sure how that was when you walk oh, in the house yeah. all those cards <laughs> you
0: looked at i think one of them was his and the rest <laughs> were mine
2: yeah so uh a lot of cubs stuff um, i you know my favorite card of all time is, i pulled this in a break for someone and i bought it right up um, was in 2018 Allen and Ginter, which is a set, actually, the new one just released. And Ginter has your normal 30 teams, but also has like non baseball subjects, right? Just kind of in- mixed in. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. But that, but that goes back to over 100 years. They used to have Indian cards and different. Ginter. Okay. So, um, Champ Peterson, you know, Champ is. I do not. So, Champ Peterson is the older brother of Jock Peterson oh champ yeah happens to have down syndrome yep, so right. he had an autograph card in that set. oh that's cool so cool so i pulled that and you know at the time you know i had i didn't know was. i knew champ peterson was set i had no idea who was. um and then i saw it I, I actually i think i started i like i got emotional on camera though. yep and i know the guy that the guy that hit it he like messaged me and goes I know you'll pay whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's my favorite card. Um, there's some other cool stuff. We, um, my son actually pulled two Mike Trout rookies and a bunch of stuff I bought years ago. Um, and the one graded PSA 10. The other PSA wouldn't grade because they had a factory error. So, in 2001, they um, had a bunch of run that was missing the foil stamp. You can see the tops
0: indented, but mm-hmm. it must. So, PSA wouldn't grade it. So, it's a Beckett, Beckett grade of I. nine. So are those worth money? Like like when we were kids, the error cards were Sometimes worth money. So
2: you know what? <laughs> they're not. Like, it's like, I, but I think someday they're going to be, because this is, how, this is how crazy the hobby is. All it takes is a couple influencers to tweet about it or put it on Instagram. And all of a sudden, oh my God, like, I'll tell people about it and they didn't even know about it. I'm like, how do you not know? Like my, that Mike Trout, rookie card, it's like the 89 Upper Deck Griffey. It's an iconic yeah. car mm-hmm. of generations, right? The 2011 Update Trout. And the fact when you tell people that there's a factory air that's a recognized air, they don't know about it, but you wait. Someday, it could be, Justin Bieber could tweet about it, like, holy day. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we have one, and they're, they're rare, but they're not worth what they should be. At least, my, you know, if I didn't have one, I'd tell you it wasn't worth anything. Yes, yeah. right? so we have one. Uh, But I try to collect like iconic, what I consider iconic cards. So like a a Luca Doncic rookie prism card and a PSA ten. We have one of those. Like as I at the national, I picked up a Zion rookie prism PSA ten, and just uh, last year a Justin Herbert the Chargers. Mm -hmm. So uh,
0: so that's kind of what we do. We have so when you're doing these breaks and you see something iconic or something that's really really valuable, you're like, oh, I wish that was mine. Or is that just part of business and you're kind of numb to that?
2: You get numb to it, believe it or not. I I
0: used to a
2: little bit, but to be honest, I'm super happy for the person about it. Like I am genuinely happy. Like people will say, oh, you're just like, no, I'm, I'm really happy. Like, cause you get to know the people in the group and you know, you'll message them right after like great, great break, maybe take a picture of it. And, and if they're in the chat, you know, they're, they're, they're going ballistic. And sometimes if you hit a really good card they don't say anything for a while. And you're like, oh yeah, they're jumping around the room. <laughs> you know, it's, so I'm genuinely happy for them. Cool. So, yeah, it's pretty rare. I don't, that's a good question. I don't know if i you know what? One card, besides the champion, so I know it, and I buy it. I pulled this Anthony Rizzo 101 and it had this really cool, you know, the, the back has the MLB logo, had yeah. that on it, it was autograph. And I knew the guy that got it is a huge Rizzo fan, a huge Cub fan. I was happy for him, but I was like, son of a gun. I, I want that card. But, um, you know, but besides that, yeah, so you're, you're genuinely happy. It's fun, like, I mean, this, like, you think about as a job, literally as a job, you open baseball cards, you're opening, like, I was opening prison basketball last night, and I even said, this pack, this pack sells, not like what people want, but literally sells for $100 how, how many cards are in FX? Twelve. that wow. is stupid. It is until you pull, constantly pull, like, if I, I pulled, you know, so singles God, drive, drive wax. All right. So. Are,
0: so, are there any kids that are able to collect cards anymore? Well, tons of
2: kids. You go to the app tons of kids. Good. kids. People always say that, okay, we get this all the time. I'll give you the, the long argument. So, People say, "Oh, the kids can't afford it." Guess what? When we were kids. We bought the, the packs of the base set. Yeah, yes. You can still buy those. Yes. And if you look at maybe a box is like on high end it's hundred dollars for it, but back when we were kids it was twenty. Yeah. You take inflation, it's about the same. Sure. Okay. So, it, you know, there's opening day set as a kid set. There's a.
0: Another, so there is, there's tons of kids. Quote not, unquote affordable stuff still. 100%. And we, we
2: sell that all the time. Now, is
0: there any any valuable things in those? Absolutely. Products? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: We, uh, one of the coolest things I've got to do with this business is um, January, maybe it was February, right before COVID in 2020, we were in, went to Dallas and they had a Series One RIP party. We opened Series One, which would be a perfect set mm-hmm. for a kid and things like that. We, I pulled out Ernie Bank's. Auto oh, cool. You want to hear a funny right, story? Cool. This is fun. All right. So we're sitting in the press box at Cowboy Stadium, all right? We're with maybe, let's just say 15 to 20 other companies, all of our competitors, most of them are good friends with, right? So we got this table right in front of me is all the heads from tops, like legitimately like the, all, the president, the VP, all the head people, right? I'm nervous as can be, because like, I'm a kid, I'm like, oh my God, even though I do this all the time, I am so, it's one of the only times I've ever been nervous to open cards in Canada, right? But also nervous because we had a ton of, we had tons of cards to do, tons. So I'm like, all right, how fast we got to go? How you know, and it's the first time they've ever done it, so they're nervous. Do you just feel the nervous tension in the air? Well, and I think we start ripping, let's just, for argument's sake, say one o'clock. Yeah, I don't know what time it was. But a couple hours before that, before the official start, they had Pete Alonzo there, you know, and the, oh, all the Polish media. There. Yeah, yeah. And so he's, you know, opening to be the first official, you know, whatever. I'm a Cub fan. Mets, I could care less. You know, wow, that's pretty neat. Pete Alonzo, he just won the home run derby before. Yeah. for, you know, a legitimate, awesome big league. So I'm sitting there, right? So we're getting ready to open, and I'm worried we're not going to have enough time. And it's just, I'm not feeling comfortable. I'm not feeling, I'm out of my element, completely out of my element, right? Well, we first start, and I know Pete Alonzo's walking around, things like that. Well, there's a guy from Top, one of my favorite people from Tops. He unplugs something, unplugs a light, but it's actually my computer. I just lost. Oh, no. And, And it was totally, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, we're looking like a bunch of fools. And, you know, so we're getting that going and getting it going. And then Pete Alonso comes up. I just started opening packs. I feel like I'm 20 minutes behind now, right? I, I feel like I gotta go, go, go. In reality, I could have taken my time, but I'm feeling all this pressure now. This happened. I we knew Pete Alonso was gonna be there, so I bought some um, All Star or a Home Run Derby baseballs. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. If I get if you gave me a Pete Alonso autograph, I just give it to the i have no use for Pete Alonso autograph but I thought I was going to get some. I wanted to get some signed that I could give them out to our customers, right? It's mm-hmm. pretty awesome. So I bought a dozen of these stupid home run derby baseballs. If Pete Alonzo doesn't sign them, we're playing with them, right? But they cost like $20 a <laughs> ball. So I said, so they're like going around, they hand you, he has a special card, right? So he hands you this card and I'm on camera. Pete Alonzo's behind me on camera. So I have a camera facing out this way so people see the card. I have another camera facing so you can see myself. So I said, hey, Pete, I brought some stuff. Would you mind signing it? Right? There's no one here. Like it's just our companies. It's not like it's open to fans. Pete Alonso just been hanging out. Right? It's not like a time thing. He's got to go. And then there's his handler. It must have been some contract wins He goes, No, he can't sign autographs. Right? And I'm like, Are you kidding me? So I just wasted a couple hundred dollars in these stupid home run <laughs> I feel like I'm late. I just lost power. And then the guy goes, No, do you want a picture with them? I'm like. I'm like, I knock, I go, no, nah, I'm good. Thanks for stopping. And I knocked on the table. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I like Peter Lajo, he thought I was joking. So he just stood there like uncomfortable. Like, oh, I can't believe this guy. <laughs> 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 and I just kept with it. So I found out actually um, just a couple of weeks ago, I did the tops of it. And the guy that unplugged my cord, we were laughing about it. He goes, you know what? He goes, you know, I've known you guys for a couple of years right at that all the heads of the people are like what's up with those guys from real breaks like they're a bunch of jerks <laughs> <laughs> pete Alonso, he took pictures of everyone except for that one guy <laughs> <laughs> so that's why pete alonzo started but yeah so people will like say because people are watching and they're like you hate pete alonzo like, uh, yeah. no, i was busy man yeah, i'm busy I was, I was working working, was working, working. So. but yeah but that, that was a lot of fun and then covid happened and the rest of your year sucked so.
1: <laughs> A few shows back, we we had learned for the first time about these about digital cards, sure. and Brian and I were flabbergasted that these things even exist and that people pay for them. What do you think? What are your thoughts? I
2: I, I, I,
1: I hope I never own a digital. I'm pretty okay, good with the snipping
0: tool on my computer. Correct.
1: So, I was shocked that people buy clips.
0: Yeah. Oh, the clips is like, crazy. I'm like, what? So that's a that
1: is a yeah, real yeah, marketing. That is. Use.
2: That's an insane market, the NBA. Uh, really? Is, oh my god, the Top Shop,
0: you know. So NBA, so oh, the, yeah, yeah. No, I remember now. Yeah, yeah like the YouTube really, clips. Correct. Yeah, they're two different things. So people got to start buying our clips. The, <laughs> the
2: Pete Alonso will be good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. so the um, yeah. So there's digital, regular digital cards. Now Tops has had Tops. They call it Tops Bunt, and they've given out free code codes. And you could collect on your phone on a top of okay. app without paying anything. And they would sell on eBay. Maybe you could sell it for $2 or things like that. That's been around for years. And then NBA changed the game with this. So what they did though, and this is my understanding, I could be wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong, is they went to the player and said, all right, we got no fans. We need to create revenue, right? And the NBA, a lot of the salary cap kind of NFL is based on revenue. So said, hey, here's a way we think we can put a ton of money into your pockets, Mr. Basketball Player. We can keep this going. We're going to sell clips. And the teams don't benefit. The player association benefits players, right? So they make these clips. And so then you can buy a pack. I remember they first came out, I think they were $200, and you got like five clips and i'm like what i'm like who in their right mind <laughs> so you can watch you- them over and over yeah but you can also make them public so other people can watch them or you can make them private so only you can watch them
0: right wow. so, thus driving up the value
2: 100 so yeah but not only the clips like a cool dunk it's like a there's bounce
0: pass. you know what <laughs> that's a john stockton uh. clip <laughs> <laughs> so they release them every day so hey. when it first hold on i actually speaking of john stockton i got a uh Never mind, I just gave it away. I got a trivia question. John Stockton. John Stockton. Actually, have... no, you know what? Hold on. I, I do have a, I do have a trivia question. Carl um, Malone scored 36,928 points. That was the speaking of John Stockton part. Um, how many more field goal attempts did it take him to get 36,928 than it took Kobe to get 33,463 so essentially 3,000 more points about 36 3,500 more points 10,000 how many 10, more 10, field goal attempts did carl malone take than kobe a couple thousand 10. 10.
1: really
2: oh, don't it.
0: there
1: you go he's down in the, down in the paint mr layup yeah down in the paint he's a big man kobe was probably shooting a lot of threes oh yeah 10. Was,
0: anyways, that was my okay. trivia question. So weird. back
1: to
2: back to those I mean, these, you know, these so clips, intriguing. And so when I'm it first came it out, I remember seeing it. I'm like, what kind of moron would pay two hundred dollars? And then the players start tweeting about it because oh, they made all the money for it, right? So then you could sell it. So you could open a pack digitally, all digitally. Then you could put your clips on a secondary market, and then people could you could buy and sell, them, mm-hmm. right? So. The NBA players, the players, whatever the money would be made from selling the packs. Then also, if you sold a clip for like hundred dollars, like let's I don't know let's just say ten percent went back to that program. Really? So even if, on the secondary market. Yeah, it's like when you go tick. So they made money on the secondary.
0: I know. I personally know people that have spent twenty thousand dollars on clips. Holy. So here's, my, here's my question: Are these clips not available anywhere else? Correct. So they're actually really cool. Like because they they they're from different
2: angles. So it's not just a regular clip. It's not a TV feed clip. Yeah, it's not a TV feed okay. clip.
0: Who's, really, it, who's creating these clips? Did the NBA hire different guys or angles or yeah, they have their own crew, just why not? So it's like NFL films, but, yeah,
2: yeah. It, it, is, but you know, it makes no sense. Like I mean, I'm telling you about it. Right. But I
0: is there any audio on these clips? Yeah. Like, I want I yeah, want the I clip of, them. like, Steve Kerr mic'd up in the huddle. Sure. I don't – I just yeah. – I don't – yeah. What's bottom. interesting
1: is their value went up when the NBA players started to yeah, go on media. social media and yeah. influence Well, them. and I also
0: think wow. it's really interesting that they made money on the first sale and the second sale and the third, third sale, sale. and the, Jeez. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I mean, this, I mean, perpetual income.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting long term. <clears throat> I mean, because now the season's out of that. Guess what? Make sure there's more clips. But the same thing with baseball cards, right? It's just, right. you know, I'm an old school collector. I like to have the card in my hand.
1: For oh, sure. But there's people that don't. There's people that rather collect on their phone. You know. I don't get having a collection on my phone. No. At all. Walking around and saying, "Hey, look at this! What I got here." To me, that makes zero sense. No, I'm charging you to watch my hundred dollars.
2: <laughs> so yeah, it, yeah. The it's it's crazy, but it's whatever. You know, I. It's what people like. So, yeah, um, yeah. Interesting. The you know, when talk sports car. I said the biggest. There's huge sports car in the industry today. I talked about this a little before. Is um, there's two huge. There's a couple big. Co- there's let me back this up. There's probably a dozen big consignment companies for sports cars. Um, one of the leaders is called PWCC out of Oregon. Today, eBay sent mass emails out they're restricting their sales on eBay, they accuse them of shill bidding. So a shill bidding is, you know what that is? I do, but so yeah. explain it in so I, so a professional. professional. So a shill bidding is, so if you put something in an auction, basically having someone just bid it up, yeah, fake bidding to bid right. it up. Now, does it happen? Yes. In the sports card industry, it is like, you're the devil if you shill. That's it's a like, big no Oh, it's a huge no-no. Because you're artificially inflating the price. So. You know, PWCC stuff, there's a company called Steam. They've always sold for a little bit higher. Now, as a collector, I have paid more money to both of those companies because I know the card's gonna get shipped right away. It's gonna come clean. If there's any issues, they're gonna back it. So I will pay more money to those companies. So I was actually, I've been on a Ryan Sandberg card and I think I paid like, it's probably, let's just arbitrarily say it's a $100 card. I paid like 120 and won an auction. And then I was in a Ryan Sandberg Facebook group and someone's like, oh, this card wasn't officially bought, you know, and accused the company of shill bidding. So what I did as a nice guy is three days later when I got in the mail, I took a picture and put it in the same group, oh, a mail, day, mail day. <laughs> So, But um, so so I can see the premium, but yeah, but to eBay come out and say that, it's huge news, it's huge. I mean, we're talking, they do auctions of like, I bet they've sold cards Routinely for hundreds of thousands of dollars per car, so yeah, Jeez. so that's that's really really big. And um, you know, at the net, this National Sports Collector Convention, they have a huge. I mean, they probably spend fifty to one hundred thousand dollars just on their boost space.
0: So they're be, so you know, is shill bidding obviously frowned upon in the industry. Is it illegal? Because with uh, like with this news, I mean, we could be talking maybe a potential class action lawsuit. I don't know. I doubt it. It'll probably be tough to prove. But eBay had to approve it to sure to you know, to, to send the the hand slip Yeah. Off. So if
2: you bought something from them, you know, you know, the problem is who could sue? If you lost the auction, you can't really sue. You're not out of it. No. You know. But if you bought True. from them, did it arbitrarily get bid up that you would have? Not? Did you lose out? Did you pay more than you should have? But when you put in a bid, you're you're put, you know, you're, you're still saying I'm really to put this out it. there, right? yeah, yeah, you're, so, you're willing to pay it, so yeah, you know. so I don't know, but you know, they announced this afternoon that they're gonna sell auctions on their they're they're already moving to their own website and you know, things like that. Well, who's gonna buy, bro? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're the largest seller, the largest <laughs> platform in the world for selling, selling anything, but particularly sports card. Is are saying you're doing it, yeah, I'll say it's on, it is on Apple. Show me, I. Oh, I would agree with that. You yes. know, in my opinion, it's unethical. Ethics, different. You've just been accused, not even accused, and their eBay court have found you guilty of children. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, like it, it's, a, it's a big, yeah. big, big deal. So I, uh, yeah, but that's, but like my line, I'm consumed to like, you got to follow, you have to follow the trends in the hobby. Now yeah. the question is, so we always talk about what's a card sell for? You always look at comps. Well, now if you look at a comp over the last month, you can't use PWCC. Sure, you know you always look at the copy You gotta you throw it out. You always gotta throw a yep. different comp. So hmm. yeah, that that's a big deal. That'll have some ripple effects. Um, but you know now the other the, there's a company out in New Jersey called Probstein and um, you know they've never been accused of shill bidding that I'm aware of. But, but you know shill bidding is weird because if you send a card to Prostein you could have your buddy bid it. Absolutely. They have no idea. Right. Absolutely. Show. They have no idea. Right. You know, but. Same, you know, but so this is even more of an extent accusing PWCC of shill bidding other people's cards. You know, that's that's crazy. So I've actually sold cards to PWCC. You do like buy it now. <laughs> Made a little extra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'll do like buy it now on eBay. Sure. And, you know, a lot of times I price cards. Maybe maybe it, if it sells all day long for three hundred dollars, but I know if I put it two seventy five, it'll sell in a week. I'll just it, take the money and then mm-hmm. reinvest. Them. Sure uh, so. Um, I sold Lamelo Ball card the other day for seven hundred dollars. A relic, not even autograph. A
0: relic wow. Lamelo Ball. So uh, talk about a guy who I won't say everybody, but I'll say I thought and still think is kind of an idiot is the dad. Boy, he was right. He was right. He was right. All three of them were making boys, a lot of money playing basketball, in,
1: making money.
2: Crazy. Yeah, you don't hear from him anymore.
0: No, you
1: don't. You, know, he, you don't probably need to best. anymore. Yeah. It's probably yeah. Best.
2: yeah. Yeah, it's for really, you know his oldest son now, Alonzo, with the um, Bulls. Yeah. Yep. He's pretty good. Um, he's real good. So I, my only sort of basketball knowledge comes from one of my friends. I, I can talk to him. So my, not into basketball at all? Huh? Well, I don't know. It's all right. I hate college basketball. That's a subject.
1: Sure. Word. Oh boy. I don't necessarily disagree. I will
2: say, here yeah. in any world. The most overrated sporting event. All now, don't even say it. Is Do Men's not say Division it. Division one championship. Don't
0: I see say it. <laughs> <He's>
2: <laughs> no way! Wow. <laughs> he won most overrated sporting. Whoa! Sport. <laughs> On that note.
0: Right. All right. Hey, who won the Stanley Championship in 2013? I don't care. It's in. It's entertaining. Honestly, I think the Final Four is the most overrated. I love the first Thursday and Friday. Why? Because it's a bunch of players you've never heard of? Because there's game after game after game, and there's excitement. There's one and done. There's buzzer beaters. There's upsets. I think it's entertaining.
1: Yeah. I think it's more entertaining than the final four in the Division One college football. That's so predictable in the last 10 years. We could almost say right now tonight, with pretty darn certainty, five or six teams, and four of those are going to be there. And we know what it's going to come down to, and it's it's pretty darn predictable. I, and that is a little disappointing I, I, but to see, me. I won't – I'm not saying it's better or worse. I'm saying it's so
2: – it's much more overrated. Gotcha. Yes. Because people like you say it's the greatest thing in the world in life. <laughs> who cares? It's about – I'd rather watch the Maui tournament all day than watch the NCAA. Those, they're just as
1: good. No not. There's things. nothing on the line. Maybe a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, there is. You don't think you don't. get a it. pair of Maui Jim sunglasses. All <laughs> you know, like, well, action going on.
2: <laughs> oh, there is for sure. For sure. I, I actually believe that what I brought up that that would get you. All right. Well, um, so, so
0: speaking of, of over or underrated or special sporting events, we just got done with the Field of Dreams games. Yeah. Thoughts on that? Amazing. Loved it. Thought it was one of the greatest. First of all, highest rated TV viewing. Regular season games since I think two thousand and three or five, That's a great. lot of years. Mm-hmm. I think the only baseball games they said that ever rated higher than that were the World Series when the Cubs and Indians were in there. Yep. Yes, fantastic. So I'll, I'm going to take a cynical view of it. That's, That's do kind of So
2: my wedding in Rome is
0: related to that.
2: Yeah, Major League Baseball pumped all this in Iowa, Iowa, Iowa. Yeah. All right. Do you know 2021 Major League Baseball Took over minor league baseball. Yep. Minor yep. league baseball. Yep. Do you know that they pulled professional teams out of Burlington, Iowa, out of Clinton, Iowa? So,
0: I, the hypocrisy, they still have the, the Iowa Cubs in Des Moines, right? They still
2: they have still do. Them. But they contracted like 30 minor league teams. Yeah, sure.
0: Yep, right. And Correct.
2: the closest minor league team to Dyersville is Clinton, Iowa, and they don't have a team anymore. Does Cedar Rapids still have a team? Cedar Rapids does have a team. Quad Cities. Quad cities, does. I believe, does. Yes. Um, so it, it, the hypocrisy
1: was, is amazing. they, they also well, blacked out much of Iowa from the from the TV audience. If you were a sure, really? yeah, if you were so, let's say you're a millennial, you're in person, you've cut the cable, and you stream your baseball through the MLB TV app. Yep, you did not watch the game in Iowa because technically it was in your market. Because Absolutely. it was in your market. I mean, Iowa has like. Six different teams yeah. or something yeah. that are blacked out in that market. And Chicago White Sox are one of. Them. Shame
0: on you because it's not a regular game. No. It was sold out, and regular people couldn't afford to go to that. Game. It should no. have been available for everybody. Yeah,
2: they had a lottery for people in Iowa. <laughs> yes. yes. So regular Iowans, if you wanted, you could go.
0: But they couldn't afford to. I think the tickets weren't that much. I think they were. They started I think were a couple hundred uh so resale was where it i think it was the secondary market where okay. they just yeah.
2: and so the next year's
0: cubs reds yes i will go to that game you will go to that game 100 okay. okay expect some pictures or or a ticket I will. <laughs> no, well a couple of reasons so
2: the president of the cincinnati reds oh really, that's right he's a really good friend of mine yeah oh, really? i remember that nick now nick crawl okay. so i lived with him when after i graduated college I worked in Arizona for the A's and we lived together for a little bit. He's a great guy. And then after that, he, he bat boyed. Okay. You know, the Scott Hattieberg hit the homer for the A's to win 20 games. Yeah. Three? Yes. He's the bat boy that ran out and grabbed the bat. Really? <laughs> and all of it. Yeah. So he was an intern with the A's and then bat boy for him. And then he actually stayed with me in Nashville that year at the winter meetings. And then, you know, looking for jobs and he got an entry level job with the Reds. And then he's worked his way up and out. Yeah, he, he's, he's the president. So right? is he's he a great
0: able guy. to get you into that game knowing you're going to root for the Cubs. I would never ask him for a ticket. Okay. Yeah, but he'll know I root for the Cubs. I told him, no.
2: He's like, great. See you there. So yeah, I'll buy one on the secondary market. So um, but yeah, he, he's a great guy. He's done a really nice job at the Reds. Absolutely. Yeah. He so, yeah. um, wow. But yeah, so that people always say, who's your second favorite team? I'm like, I guess because like friend. I mean, right now the Cubs. Are, I'm I'm mad at the Cubs. <laughs> sure. I was really into the Cubs this year. Really, I was watching every game. Either not as live, but watching the replay online. Mm-hmm. And then they got the no hitter, and then I they think they like sold their soul for a no hitter?
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, no hitter. They lost like <laughs> ten straight. they so terrible. Oh man, we gotta talk about that too. The kid from the Diamondbacks, yeah, his first, first career no-hitter. I think his fourth appearance with first start Yeah, no-hitter. Hitter. That was pretty cool. And then McKenzie the other night for the Indians. Yeah, was it perfect into the eighth? Yeah, it's perfect <laughs> in
2: 2008. He's he's awesome. He's always had control issues, but I think he's got those under him. But yeah, Mr. Sticks like super skinny. Okay. So it's funny, you know, because I look at the card market. Yeah, Cleveland's a great market for cards. Cleveland, Ohio. Is
0: it because they're changing their name? No, <laughs> I like their name, by the way. Well, I'm I'm saying, will this year's stuff go up in value next year because they're going to be the Guardians and not the Indians? It'll be irrelevant. Okay. Yeah. In the, the collectible market, completely irrelevant. Gotcha. Um, but I could be wrong on that.
2: But I don't think I am. Um, but yeah, but he his stuff like quadrupled in value. So, but his stuff was pretty low. So. Yeah, but that Dimebacks kid, his card market-wise, he only had one card, and it's like a team-issued league card.
0: It was one sold like an eBay for like hundreds of dollars. Really? <laughs> well, his dad in the stands was awesome. <laughs> just standing in the aisle just after every close play with his arms up. It was yeah, great. That's great. So, yeah. Awesome. Good
1: All stuff. right, should we do a win in Rome? Let's
0: do it. All right, so uh, speaking of the Field of Dreams game, I thought they did a great, great job with the uniform. Oh, White Sox uniform. Uh, the White Sox, even the Yankees uniforms are pretty cool. A little yeah. bit thicker font yeah. on the hats. I thought they did, like, it was almost perfect. And how about the White Sox picture saying, can we wear these uniforms? I didn't hear that, but yeah. 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 Liam Hendricks, when they interviewed, was like, I asked him, can we wear these? Like, they're cool. They're very cool. My win in Rome is, don't you think when they do these throwback games, whether it's baseball, whether it's whatever sport it would add something to the game if the umpires also dressed era specific or the officials
2: I text five people did I text no you did not you're one of the people I didn't text. I was irate that the umpires had 2021 uniforms because there's there's 100%. scenes in that
1: movie where the umpire actually had lines and I thought the big balloon protector and then the not even the mask, uh, but the, the uniform itself. The uniform itself. You've got to wear modern protective equipment. Yeah. Wait, man, okay, that's but, fine. But I'll, I'll give you that. The outside costume should be pure. Period. The base yes. of the fact that they didn't have those little umpire hats. Yes.
0: Hats,
2: I, that, God, that bothered me the most of that whole night. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Good. I'm glad. That's funny. <laughs> I thought I was the only <laughs> dork thinking about no, that. I text like five different my baseball friends.
0: And Nick was one of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was like completely agree. So he's got some pull. Next year it's going to happen. If it happens. <laughs> you heard it here first on the Freshman Parking Lot, episode forty-six. Oh, uh, <laughs> is there going to be a baseball? Season? Oh,
1: we won't talk about oh, that right oh, now. We'll leave that for another, oh, another show. Sorry, I have, but
2: you know, I have friends that work at baseballs that they don't—they do not think it
1: will be a full. Yeah, ball. I, I kind of think that too. It's going to be dicey. Uh, well, maybe dicey, it'll give the dicey. Twins a chance to recover from this year. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that's why the Cubs stripped it
2: down? Yeah, let's figure out, see what happens. Could sure. be. That's what I think. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's going to be interesting.
1: Okay. Yeah. Did, you guys, did you know? Did you know? I do. And you guys probably already know this one, but let's see if you know why. Did you know um, that a baseball travels farther in humid air than dry air? A baseball, all conditions being equal, meaning wind speed, air pressure, temperature, on a night where it's more humid, there's more water vapor in the atmosphere, the baseball will travel a little bit further. So here's
0: what I'm going to tell you about this. This and this isn't going to surprise you because I've been in your classroom before. Okay. I have heard this. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of those things where I'll just say I don't believe science. Okay. Because it's just heavy air should I just don't I don't understand Brother, how this is a thing. Be, to me, it'd be the
1: opposite. Yes. That is that is what our, our guts tell us. And the, and you said the right thing, Brian. You said heavy air. But I will tell you that if you have one cube, let's say one cubic foot of air in front of you, let's Good. say it's 75 degrees. I'm a pretty visual person, but I'm trying to visualize right. a cube of and air. And you've got another cube of air next to you, and it's 75 degrees. And in the first cube, you've got more water than in the second cube. The first cube is lighter. The more water you put in the air, the lighter the air is. And that comes down to a concept in That's chemistry and physics. Head,
2: right?
1: I got a bucket over there that if I put water in, it's going to be heavier than if I don't. Uh, liquid water is different than water vapor. Oh, now he's going to tell me water is not wet, too. What I'm going to tell you, here's what you need to know. Avogadro's law says that in a <laughs> given volume of air okay. at equal pressure and temperature, regardless of what gases you put in there, there's an equal number of particles. Okay. So what. if you replace heavy gas particles with light gas particles, the air is lighter. Water vapor is lighter than nitrogen and oxygen. So is, it is lighter. Who's this Avogadro? He's a dude from the 1800s. His name was Alessandro. I'm going to have to do some things on a chalkboard for you to get it, okay? <laughs> Even then, <laughs> I don't know. A about... a <laughs> I wish I had a chalkboard. we got a, we got a chalkboard inside. It's
0: on so a, so next, next episode, we might film inside with a
1: chalkboard in the background. Yeah. But at any rate, yeah, uh, humid air. So if you want ideal conditions for the ball to travel far, and in other words, have a home run, for so a hot, humid night, if you want high altitude because the air is thinner. You want humid air. You want high temperatures, and you want the air blowing out. If you can get those conditions, you got yourself a hitter's ballpark, baby. You put those four things together, pitchers ain't going to so like you.
0: Okay. Is but their stuff's going to be altitude it?
1: more important than the humidity? Absolutely, the, the most important of those four factors is the wind. Sure. A, a five mile an hour wind blowing out, on like a let's say, let's say that in calm conditions you hit a ball 400 feet. If you give that a five mile an hour wind blowing out, it goes like another 12 or 13 feet. That's a, and in a big ball difference. Bucket, in terms of how many balls in a season go over yeah. a fence or not, that is huge. Yeah. So think about Ridley Field where they say the wind blows out in some directions some days. You know, that's part of the reason Ridley gets that, uh, that reputation. I think it's more of the Cubs pitching. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I spent the summer in 99 in Butte, Montana. And if you took the five dimensions of a ballpark, it was the biggest park. In the country. Okay. But it was four sixty-five to left center. <laughs> oh, holy, yeah. holy. So, because it was a football, football field in the outfield. And it like had this weird thing. Yeah, sure out. I remember I saw one homer go to left and it like hit these bleachers of the football. And it was a it was a bomb because super high altitude. Yes. But um Cecil Fielder, Cecil Fielder played there in the minors, and everyone had all these you know stories, and I think they're all BS, but oh, you hit it on top of there, and I'm like. So I met Cecil and I had him sign up a Butte poster. I'm like, "Did you ever hit on top of bleachers? He's like, no one could do it." <laughs> <laughs> he goes, but he said, people, once a year, someone comes up and says, Oh, was that the game you hit on top of the bleachers? <laughs> I, said, I said, what do you say? And I just smiled and said, oh yeah, me too. <laughs> it's solid. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, but That's I, I actually get that poster framed. It's pretty cool. That is cool. So, That's fun. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, hey, on that note, we're going to wrap up episode 46, the Andy Pettit episode. Thanks, Thank Tom. Yeah, that was coming. Appreciate it. And um, just remember that you can find
1: us at, uh, well, where can you find us?
0: YouTube channel. YouTube channel. You.
1: Any place you get your podcast. Any place. Right. Spotify, you can
0: email us. Oh, can
1: I share a quick email? For sure. Um, my dad
0: emailed the show. I remember a few shows back, we we're talking about where do you wipe your hands when they're dirty. Oh my goodness! Where does your dad
1: wipe his hands when they're dirty? On the inside of his pockets. What? No, they, they, they're we, dry in there. It stays the humid all we're, day we're long. Like if you have chips or Cheetos, yeah.
0: Brad Brad wipes them on his socks. I just go. That's why he wears socks is to wipe them. <laughs> my dad says inside nobody knows which I thought is kind of gross, but
1: it kind of also makes sense. I mean, every time you are reaching to get your keys, they're just a pocket of grease. Yeah, yeah, like grease. <laughs> I don't know. I, so anyways, you can email us your interesting uh, facts. I'm just going to tell you this. I'm never reaching into your dad's pocket for his keys. Yeah. And he appreciates that. <laughs> lot at gmail.com. Um, you can
0: tweet us at Frosh Parking Lot and uh, join the Facebook group Freshman Parking Lot. Other than that, I think... That's it. Peace out. Yeah. Yeah. A and ours is uh, Real, yeah, go ahead. Real Sports yes.
2: Cars Wisconsin if you want to see our shop. And uh, Twitter and Instagram is Real Breaks Live. There it is. I love it. Yeah. Real Breaks Live. Peace out.